0: Hello and welcome to the Ocean Impact Podcast. Our guest in this episode is Mike Stewart. Mike is a pioneering Hawaiian waterman. Even now in his late 50s, his exploits on a bodyboard and body surfing at infamous waves like Hawaii's Pipeline or Jaws or Shipstern's Bluff make him one of the most respected water people on this planet today. In addition to being a waterman, Mike is a business owner. He's been producing and selling bodyboards and other surf accessories for quite a long time. And in this chat, he shares how concerned he is about the sustainability and impact of the surf industry and what opportunities there are to make it more sustainable. Now, your podcast host in this episode isn't me. In fact, it's our podcast producer, Josh Kirkman, who had the joy to sit down with Mike on the sand at Hawaii's Sunset Beach and share this great conversation. Admittedly, if I was the host of this episode, I'd be quite nervous because Mike is an extreme idol of mine. Ever since I got on a bodyboard and started playing in the ocean, Mike has been that respected ocean elder. I really hope you enjoy this conversation with Mike Stewart and Josh Kirkman recorded in Hawaii back in March 2020. Thanks as always for tuning in to the Ocean Impact Podcast.
1: Can't take the
2: ocean out of me Well thanks for joining me for this podcast episode, Mike Stewart. How's it going? Josh? I'm really good. I'm really good. We're, we're situated here, would you call this Sunset Beach? Are we actually at Sunset or we're where kind are we of exactly? Near
3: sunset Beach. Uh, Yeah, we're at the edge of Sunset Beach.
2: It's just over there. Yeah. Not really doing its thing today, but that's alright. We had a had an interview to do here today for the Ocean Impact podcast. Yep. I've been going on about this, this new initiative that I'm involved with and letting you a bit know a bit about it, um, what we're trying to achieve. Uh, it's really great to have you on the podcast because you're a guy for, for many people out there who uh, represents like a deep connection to the ocean. Um, just how deep is this connection for you and, and when did that really start for you in your life, the connection to this ocean of ours?
3: Uh, yeah, yeah, it goes deep. <laughs> no, um, well, you know, I was born in Hawaii and surrounded by water obviously you're going to spend time at the beach and uh, it was always a place for me to uh, you know a source of enjoyment, a source of uh, solitude, a source of energy, a source of you know basically all aspects you know that, that uh, you know that I'm interested in it kind of just filled so many gaps and so uh, I mean it started early on you know really early so
2: How do you do? You remember your first moments in the
3: salt? Uh, I remember early moments in the salt. Okay. I don't don't know if I can remember first moments, but I remember early moments for sure.
2: What are some of the ones that stick out for
3: you? Just being in the sun, in the sand, playing. um, uh, You know, enjoying enjoying the ocean, enjoying uh, the energy of waves. I know. You know. Is
2: it a like? I'm imagining you like you're what you're 56 now.
3: Yep.
2: You've spent. The better part of a whole lifetime. I mean, I'm assuming from a young age, yes. you know, you're talking in your before you're 10 years old, you're yeah, used like, to salt water, oh, right? Yeah,
3: like three, four, yeah, something like
2: that. Yeah. In some of the conversations that you and I have had off camera, you know, you talk a lot about um, the, the issues facing the oceans. You know, they and they, they, they hurt you. You know, and you're you also yes. kind of refer to yourself sometimes as a purveyor of plastic, yep. which is like this difficult thing you grapple with i mean yeah do you remember that like do you remember pollution as a young person is that something you noticed from a young age yeah
3: it is actually um it is something that i've noticed from a young age okay i I don't think you know i understood the actual impact of that and how it would accelerate and exponentially grow Um, but there's certainly a lot of evidence now that's kind of surfacing that really shows the impact that people have had so young younger yeah for sure you know it was not not good to just throw your stuff everywhere mm. of course you know we remember having like beach cleanups at at, at uh, parties and stuff you know and so there's always been that you know conscious thing like knowing about that um so yeah that's gone, gone way back since i was young and there being on really nice, pristine beaches that mm. have since, in a lot of cases, gotten worse.
2: Yeah. yeah. Because there's a lot of like, um, and it's not necessarily plastic from the islands either that kind of yeah. seem to find their yeah. way here. I've yeah. seen some, some stats about the plastics washing up on the northern side of uh, the big island where you live and where you grew up. There's like an extremely high amount of plastics that seems to come across there from the Pacific Ocean.
3: Yeah, all the north north shores of the islands are, yeah. are littered with with, uh, with uh, trash, you know, mm. Be it fishing buoys or fishing lines or just tra- you know rubbish that'll get stuck out there somehow and then end up um, end up on the beaches you know, on, the, on the on the north shores. On the other hand, uh, there are these pre-formed uh, plastic pellets that mm-hmm. fall off of ships and basically end up—you know—they float, right? They're less dense than, than the water, and um, and so they float and uh, end up on the beaches all over the world. So that's another another thing, you know. You can in California, in particular, I think maybe because of the wind or however the uh, uh, you know hydrology is of the of how the sand and everything works that they end up on the top of the. They're light, but I think they, you know, will will gather in some areas probably maybe because of the wind and combination Mm. of the the, uh, sand grain size and Mm. some other stuff, but um, yeah, it ends up, uh, you can find these little pellets everywhere, Yeah, right. propylene and polyethylene pellets.
2: Let's talk about the PPs and the PEs then, you know, like you, you mentioned, you know, you're very open and honest and I think that's really encouraging for someone in an industry which is a plastics industry. I mean, how do you grapple with this issue of being a purveyor of yeah, plastic yeah. and what are some of your, I mean, do you have any ideas you can share about like where you're looking to take your products to be less impactful yeah, on I the mean, oceans?
3: Well, you know, the ultimate goal obviously is to make stuff that is, um, you know, I mean, you can look at this in different phases, right? Like I guess uh, you can certainly make stuff that is less harmful, mm. you can make stuff that lasts longer. So that in a way could be beneficial, right? So it doesn't hit the, doesn't hit the garbage bin sooner. Like it, it, it would last longer, it would work better for longer. And uh, that's good. That's a better, that's a slight improvement. Mm. Next thing is you could look at a complete re- recycled type of scenario. So um, under that situation, you'd have boards that would disassemble into the components like PE or PP or whatever that would be. And um, you know that would be uh, a way to recycle them because right now they're not really easily recycled. You could, if you stripped off the, the skins and took out the stringer and then took just the propylene core without anything on top of it. But mm. a lot of times there's adhesives and other things that, that pollute the uh, product, so mm. not it's not it's just not really uh, well designed to uh, be recycled. Mm. So that there's there's an opportunity there, mm. and then after that. You know, in, the, in a in a in uh, a better scenario would be for a product to be not just recycled, but um, maybe all natural, so it doesn't mm. you just degrade and into the natural environment, just mm. like a you know an old plant or a um, you know uh, piece of wood or something. And then I would say even beyond that, you can look at a product that would be uh, positive for the environment. So mm. something that um, you know, in the, in, this would be like. I mean and it's pretty far out there but maybe maybe not uh on on uh uh not maybe it's possible in our lifetime i don't know but it would be a product that would actually benefit the, the environment as it as it uh as it existed as a product that you want to mm. want it to be in so
2: dive into that where does your mind go on that yeah question? so that
3: would be some sort of um and i think you know obviously it would have to be something that wouldn't Leave itself in any negative way, so it'd mm. be like maybe taking, maybe that would be something that could take plastic in, uh-huh. and and convert that plastic into some other molecules. Mm-hmm. So um, something like that, or uh, um, maybe a natural thing that uh, actually maybe that expires oxygen or uh, water or so. There's there's different ideas around that that, that I think. And That's taking this whole environmental movement a step further. So it's not just like, oh, you're making something that's sustainable. Well, how about let's make something that's beyond sustainable and productive, like mm. you know, carbon positive or, or you know, um, uh, rubbish positive. Like it would, mm. wouldn't would be wouldn't be a um, you know just a benign product that you use and, and it rots. Mm. It'd be a product that you use and it helps the environment. Mm. Either you know. Filtrating the air, or filtering the water, or, mm. or, or, absorbing um, caustic plastics or whatever. Mm. Um, and anyway, that's just, just an idea. But uh, I think there's that's probably where it could potentially end up. Mm.
2: You spend a lot of time looking into these things, though, right? Like you've got a very active yeah, mind yeah. and a yeah. very inquisitive mind and a very uh, big imagination. Uh, yeah. you, but you have like, have you taken any steps in your uh, through your business to look at some of these materials and things like that—is this an active part of your your life now? With your yeah, for sure, work? Like it,
3: it, it is for sure. I mean, it's my kind of like my, my really my biggest focus right now in terms of like development. Mm. Like you know, you can always develop better stuff, um, and you know, you can hit you can kind of hit the mark on that first idea of, yeah. of just like making stuff that's better. Mm. Um, and but I've also been focusing a lot on on. Uh, materials mm. recently that that are um, a number of things recyclable, mm. um, and then also uh, natural materials. Mm. You know, really, really looking at that. And I have some ideas there as well. Um, and so, it really is just a matter of like getting, you know, getting at it, getting to it. Like, start uh, following through with some of those concepts and and building stuff. Mm.
2: One of the things, uh, I know we've spoken a bit about this because a lot of your, um, I think you might have said it the other day, but the the importance of being able to translate the idea you've got in your mind and communicate it to someone to help make it. Because you you don't have a little production facility, you know, in your backyard where you're making, your bringing your ideas to life. Like, do you want to kind of discuss or dive into that a little bit about, like, you mentioned CAD drawing or actually getting those complementary skills like how important is it to be able to communicate these these ideas yeah,
3: well i think in terms of the physical parts and you know any sort of mechanical design or physical design i mean certainly you should be well versed in CAD mm. so that yeah there is no translation loss from what you're conceiving and what you're producing because mm. basically what, once you get your 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 file, you can pretty much just send that file off to get a part made, mm. or uh, machined, or printed, uh, whatever whatever the, the case may be. But having that having that um, uh, capability to communicate your your ideas, I think, is really important. That's sort where of CAD, and that's something that I've been doing for a long time. Like mm. I, I've been I took a mechanical drawing class in, in school, in, in high school, and then as soon as the first CAD programs came out, I was on it. And uh, you know, I probably have been doing solid modeling since 2000, mm. so or late late 90s. So I don't, I'm not in that space uh, that often, as, not anywhere near as often as I'd like to be, because mm. I'm, I'm, I have a pretty busy schedule. But uh, it's a it's a it's a domain that I love to dwell in. Like mm. I love to go in there and, and work on things.
2: Mm.
3: So um, yeah, it's uh, it's
2: got a high speed drone flying past as we do this interview. Yeah, so you were saying? uh,
3: Yeah, so I think that that, that, that's just like a skill set that I think is really, really helpful for design. Mm. The thing that I should probably dive more into is like organic chemistry and uh, learning more about uh, chemistry in general, because I think those building blocks and uh, that aspect of it with the living tissue and living organism, I think, is a pretty important uh, aspect of design moving forward. Mm -hmm. So I think that's kind of like the next uh, big frontier. I think that uh, there's opportunity to really create things that are gonna be more uh, beneficial to the to the world environment. And this is
2: like making them alive in a sense. Like, is that the organic chemistry approach? Like, Yeah, is it the...
3: alive or, uh, you know, understanding, you know, various, uh, uh, you know, there might be an opportunity to print actually some, print some organic material. Mm. And in that case, you know, there's, it could be pretty cool right like mm. you know if you need structure you could print bone mm. into a structure that, that is beneficial you know if you need uh, stuff that's light you can you know create hollow fibers with mm. natural materials you know with, mm. there's different different opportunities there yeah so that's kind of what I was thinking in terms of um, like the next thing that, that potentially could happen in regards to product design and how it affects positively the
2: Cool. I mean, with with what ocean impact organizations doing, you know, it's about getting ideas that and and getting, uh, you know, businesses moving through uh, a program to help them go and make a big impact in the world and a positive one for our oceans. Uh, Coming on to the business piece, you know, are you a reluctant businessman or is do you, you strike me as someone who's more interested in the product design, but How is it doing business for you? Like, has it been a struggle?
3: It is kind of a struggle for me because, um, I don't like, you know, you, you, everything that you do has an impact, you know? And so there is a certain amount of, I'm creating a certain amount of waste and a certain amount of rubbish in this Mm. world and that eats me up. Um, it's offset to some degree by the stoke that it brings, Mm. you know, and it brings people to the ocean. There's a higher awareness of the ocean, which is a good thing. Mm. So uh, of course there's benefits to it. Mm. But uh, it, yeah, it does eat me up to think about uh, the fact that the boards end, could end up in a landfill or in many cases do end up in a landfill. E- even worse if they dissolve somehow in the water.
1: Mm.
3: So, or, or landfill because you know, you know how long plastic takes to, to actually degrade. Mm. So uh, I, yeah, it's kind of a, a catch 22, you know? Mm. Uh, but I'm not in a position where I can just say, okay, well, I don't need to make anything. And um, I, you know, I'm, I'm set so I, I can provide for my family. And uh, you know, I don't have to worry about that anymore. Mm. So I'm not in that position. So you know, the other, the, I guess the flip side of that is just making sure that what, what you're doing is the best that you can do. Mm. So that's, that's the other side of it where I'm trying to like push into that next realm. And I have, I do have some pretty good ideas, but I think financially it could be really good mm. and do a real good job in, in, uh, in the environment.
2: Mm. How hard is it like, or is it a challenge for you as an established business? Like you've got, you know, the science body boards. you've got Viper, uh, MS Viper fins yep. and you have the gyro, you know, accessories and wetsuits and things like that. Um, how hard is it as an established brand, to shift production to to different sources or material inputs like, for example, you know, like, there are better wetsuit materials that you can be diving into, but is it that easy to switch over, or?
3: No, it's pretty tough, and the Mm. reason why is that, um, you know, not everyone's doing the right thing, Mm. and so as a result, it's uh, a lot of times price-driven. Mm. and so when that comes when that's a factor to the whole equation it's like it, it kind of boxes you in sometimes so um i mean we're we are right currently is you know in regards to like wetsuits for instance mm. like we're working with all the best eco materials that we can get our hands on like yeah everything that we can do and get we're doing it mm. so but it still doesn't make it like Un, un uh, harmful. Mm. Um, maybe less harmful, percentage less, and I guess it's a good start. But it's still, like, it seems like it's too little, too late, kind of thing, you know. Mm. Like I, and I, I like to think in broad strokes, and, and that's, But that's also uh, the flip side of that is, you know, too far out there, you're just too far out there. You're not mm. gonna, you know, some of the concepts could never come to life because they're just too far out. Yeah. So you gotta you gotta do some things that are meaningful and that you can accomplish and that actually can that moves the market to some degree. Yeah. As much as you can.
2: Do are you like holding yourself back with those too far out there things? Like in your mind, like you can dream up a lot of yeah, stuff. Like is yeah, it a yeah. constant yeah. struggle for you just to keep bit. yourself yeah. here yeah, and yeah, now? Yeah,
3: yeah, probably. Totally. Like I would I would much rather be diving into that other stuff if I could, mm. you know, but yeah, I mean, you know, just day to day operations, you gotta deal with certain things and So, you're not, I can't focus 100% of it. And the scale of the business is so small that it requires, you know, a lot of attention uh, personally. So, it's not uh, something that I can just easily just, oh, okay. But I have organized it a little bit better recently that I do have a little bit more free time to delve into it. Mm. I just got to stop running contests and all this other stuff, right?
2: Well, Uh, there's a lot of joy you mentioned the the benefits of bringing stoke into the world which I, I mean I don't want to understate or let that just slip under the radar of this right, conversation right, right. you know we're talking about the environment our oceans and business and how it can be a force for good in the world but you know how how important to you is it that like people are more stoked
3: well it's good you know as long as people are stoked and uh, it doesn't create a naivety that uh, we don't understand there's issues and that I don't know. I think uh, I'm, I'm. First of all, I'd say yeah, super super stoked that I can make people stoked. Mm. That's amazing. Like that's a very. I cherish that. Um, on the same uh, same time, I'm thinking. Well, you know, it's really important that everyone understands too where we're at and what we need to do. Mm. And uh, so I would hate that the stoke is uh, masks any sort of necessity that. People should know that there's things that need to be done in the environment, and people need to address certain things. Mm. So,
2: yeah. Stoke with responsibility. Yep.
3: Responsible stoke. Is Responsible
2: that a stoke. Yeah. Might have just coined something in this interview. We're here in Hawaii. I'm here. I came to one of your competitions or two of your competitions. Um, you, you've just won the body surfing contest at Pipeline. Uh, How does it feel to still be able to maintain that kind of competitive edge at your age? Like what does it do for you as an individual to be able to compete still and to be able to to really like advance uh, a wave riding approach or, you know, and with bodyboarding as well. But, you know, with the body surfing in particular, there's just this gap, like it's a big hole between the rest of the competitors and you. What does that? How does that feel to you to be able to still be able to perform at that level?
3: I feel sick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Because you know, I, I, it's not something that, that just happens. Like uh, the wave riding happens, but only after like myself physically, like I got to get myself in good shape hmm. and training. You know, so it's like it, it's uh, confirmation that I'm on the right track in terms of getting my body and mind in a good space. Um, and it's it gives me inspiration like like yeah sick let's go man that's like so it makes me inspired Mm. more than anything and uh, I just want to keep keep going and just see how far I can go I've kind of spent my ammo for a while
2: Mm. how much effort is it to kind of keep yourself at that level though like how much on a like a weekly basis are you putting into your kind of individual preparation to be able to perform at such a high level
3: yeah you got it I mean you know it's uh, basically my routine my life is kind of divided to blocks. And uh, during this contest period, it's actually been really difficult because I have not been able to allocate the time I I want to Mm. or need to. So typically I stretch in the morning right when I wake up and that's like an hour or so. And then uh, that's really important. So getting that stretch in, drinking water. Uh, Having a good lifestyle. So, you know, getting a bed, having enough rest, which I haven't been getting for the last Mm. probably two or three weeks. so pardon if there's kind of lapses in this communication. Like halfway <laughs> that's so there, rough. that's all so right. But uh, and then um, yeah, then then having uh, particular workouts that are uh, intense and efficient, and then working correctly with what I need. Mm. So um, and that happens in most cases when I'm home. It happens every other day. So, okay. And it's not too long. You know, maybe 45 minutes or so. Okay. Yeah. So it's like it's not a terrible time commitment. It's just there is a time commitment, and you know they're they're uh, uh, sometimes hard to get through, mm-hmm. hard to start. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, I, I you yeah, know. Yeah. But you just like, man, just do it. Like, get it, get after it. But what always you feel better. Always feel better, you know, afterwards. It's just like getting in sure. the water for a surf, like for sure. Like 100% guarantee. Like I can't think of too many times where you feel worse unless you're sick yeah so but if you're not sick it's like guarantee everyone out there you'll feel better after a surf mm. so that's like one guarantee one
2: guarantee of yeah. a surf you'll feel better yeah it's interesting to hear that um that regime because you're saying that in the mornings it's like a stretch and water session
1: yeah
2: and it's about what a 45 minute deal one hour yeah
3: yeah about an hour or so yeah, yeah.
2: there's not TV in your life that's, and de- like how many not. distractions are there there's, there aren't much are there no
3: no I mean I, I get I I don't have a lot of time to play games, yeah. so I don't play any games or anything like that. But I definitely, uh, uh, like, I'll, in the evening, sometimes I will watch uh, some um, like Netflix or something with with uh, my kids uh, yeah. and my wife, or
2: just to let go of the world. Yeah, a yeah, bit.
3: just just you know, some, you know, get into a cool series or something. Yeah. it's kind of a nice like release.
2: So do you you do give yourself that nice yeah. kind of release? Because yeah. yeah. I think yeah. by the sounds of it, when you know your life's in blocks, you can be hyper efficient on a yeah. number of different yeah. levels. Yeah. But I mean. You do actually let yourself yeah. just be like yeah, a normal yeah, human sure. as yeah, well. Yeah,
3: you need balance. You need you definitely need balance. And another thing that's really important that I don't think people give me enough attention to is time. Like, mm. like I, I have limited time resources with my kids. You know, there's only so much time that I'm going to have to be able to be like in direct communication with them often. Mm. You know, eventually they're going to move off, and that well, that connection won't be there. So uh, that is real precious to me as well and so mm. I try to as much as I can I mean they have very busy schedules but as much as I can I try to be there for that and, and uh, perform as a, as a parent yes mm. I can yeah. it's constant top
2: constant performance regime you know performing yeah. as a parent performing in business performing in the yeah. water yeah you know like is life just one big performance <laughs> or oh, what? I
3: know, right? It seems like it. Uh, let just keep, you know, keeping it balanced. I mean, I think it's really important to, you know, maybe even more so to just appreciate what you have and uh, realize, you know, how lucky, like I'm, I feel super grateful for my position. You know, I mean, it didn't just happen, but uh, it, at the same time, I recognize that it's not common and that uh, I'm very fortunate to be able to be sitting here and talking to you on the, mm. you know, work, Rather than working my butt off somewhere. Mm. So, um, you know, and it's not always like that. You know, I'm not always like when I get home, I'm working my butt off in a lot of ways. So, mm. uh, you know, you appreciate the moments you got, and every single moment that you're conscious to me is like a precious moment that you mm. really need to uh, appreciate. Mm.
2: Let's bring it back into the business world and then we'll kind of finish off on an ocean theme. Sure. But let's, in the business sense, I think it's important like that people understand that business isn't always some, uh, linear journey of growth and profit and all ideas being great ones, etc. Do you remember, or could you share one of your biggest challenges in the business space like, or, or a failure? Yeah. And how did you respond from that failure to keep going? Because mm-hmm. I'm assuming there's been a couple along oh, yeah. the way.
3: Yeah, I, I would have been out of business a few times.
2: Yeah, um, so how I've do been, you... I've
3: been real lucky. Uh, perseverance, really. Yeah. It's just tenacity, perseverance. And, um, you know, if it's, a, if it's a bad idea, the market's going to tell you, right? And mm. so that, that, you know, there's only so much you can do there. Mm. But if it's a good idea and there's other factors involved, like you know say your mold break or something like that mm. you just got to hunker down and just power through it you know mm. it's just like getting caught inside on a big wave or something where you, you can get washed at the beach if you want or you can fight try to get through it the best you can learn how to navigate through that and get through it and then go get another really good set
2: mm. good analogy yeah. that's the ocean helping out in the business world absolutely do you find that the ocean gives you a lot of lessons
3: yeah for sure for sure I mean it's I mean, you know, you can really find lessons in lots of things and, and uh, even different people can share, you know, their, their stories and what they've gone through, of course. But uh, the ocean is definitely like a good parable for life in so many ways. You know, it's not, it doesn't, you, you know, you have, to, you have to flow with it. You have to, if you want to really enjoy it and, and uh, uh, you know, benefit from the interaction with it, you have to learn how to deal with it. You know that means you know dealing, persevering, getting through the whitewater we get to the
0: peak.
2: For all the people out there who are listening to this, and you know it's um it's a diverse audience that'll that'll grab this. But you know, what's your kind of piece of advice at the end of the day for anyone who's embarking on an idea? Like they've got this idea, they want to they want to kind of get it out there. They believe in it. Like, what what's some of your advice for them, or kind of something? to give them a push along? like, What can you say to them?
3: I think, you know, I I would say develop your idea as much as you can uh, in your mind and on paper. So get that, just get that as mature as you can. Really think it through, really, really, uh, you know, be devil's advocate. Think of all the different possibilities, ways to improve it, ways that it could be defeated, ways that, uh, you know, it might might be obsolete or ways to make it not obsolete. Just really exhaust as much as you can and then just get at it you know just get at it like get get it to the best that you can. Um, if, if there's parts I guess in that uh, initial phase that you don't understand then confide with somebody that has been already done it or been there and that they can give you advice to do it. Um, but you know it takes, it takes uh, what I've learned is that it takes a lot of effort to bring things into reality that weren't in reality before because it's just met with these like universal laws if something didn't exist and you're trying to like make this thing happen and so every step of the way it's met with a certain amount of resistance because it just wasn't there before so you know that takes perseverance and hard work and not just hard work but smart work and uh yeah if you think things through it'll really save you a lot of uh, uh a lot of headaches later on so i would say just in terms of like the planning stage spend a lot of time in that planning phase and just really get it dialed as much as you can and then maybe run it by a couple people and see what they think some some people that you would respect and see what they what their input is you know you might 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 modify it a little way a little bit here or there
2: i think that's good way to finish okay thanks for joining in the podcast thank
3: you thank you for having me joshua